This is episode number 31 with co-founder of Feed Philly, Sarah Magazzo. Welcome to the We Love Philly podcast. My name is Carlos Aponte, a Philadelphia school teacher whose mission is to promote volunteerism throughout the city of Philadelphia and help put the brotherly love back into the city of brotherly love. Each week, my students and I bring you a person or organization that is making Philly a better place. Thanks for spending some time with us, and let's dive in. Happy New Year from the Wheela family to your family. Talib Kweli once said, skip religion and politics, head straight to compassion. Everything else is a distraction. Bars. And Henry Ford once said, coming together is a beginning. Staying together is progress, and working together is success. Welcome, everybody, to the We Love Philly podcast. Today, we are joined with Sarah Magazzo, co-founder of Feed Philly, and we are joined today with Tyed Wilson. Ty is the co-CEO of We Love Philly at this point. He <laughs> at is, this point. Yeah, at this point. He is doing so much for We Love Philly, and he's taken the leadership role that really made me proud as a teacher, and I'm, I'm happy that he's here with us today. I mean, we might give him a position at Feed Philly, too, because he did such a great job when he, uh, when he came out to, to the handout. Yeah. And that was that was in the contract you signed. Mm-hmm. Was if you ever do have any openings to to give it to oh, for in, sure. interview we love Philly students that. first. I remember that too. Yeah. This episode we were joined by Feed Philly. Feed Philly is an amazing organization. Really excited for you to listen and learn about them. Three things we talked about on this episode is how the nonprofit world would thrive with collaboration instead of competition. We also talk about the positives of starting an organization with one of your best friends. And we talk about how ego needs to be removed from the equation when being of service to others and starting a nonprofit organization. If you like the We Love Philly podcast, we would appreciate if you subscribed on iTunes, if you would follow our social media pages at We Love Philly on Instagram, at we love dot Philadelphia on Facebook. We also have a We Love Philly YouTube that is a work in progress. We're, we're getting there with that. We also have We Love Philly.org where you can find all of our podcast episodes, all of our volunteer videos, all of our blog posts. Everything is right there. We Love Philly.org. If you want to subscribe to it, leave us your email and stay up to date with everything that we are doing over here at We Love Philly. Happy Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> and here it is, our episode. I realized after the fact that like people, when people are looking for us online, they're like, I couldn't find you. And I'm like, yeah, it's P-H-E-E-D, yeah. Philly. Yeah. <laughs> Well, no, everything in Philly is the, the yeah. pH. That's just how it, mm-hmm. how it goes. Yeah. When we volunteered for Feed Philly, mm-hmm. it was yeah. really cool when we got to Feed Philly and we walked in the building and we saw how many volunteers came out mm-hmm. for the event and to watch it work like the machine it was and to mm-hmm. see how excited everyone was. And it seemed like everyone knew each other there already. Like it, it seems like you had a lot of people that keep coming back to help out with Feed Philly. Yeah. So we have uh, a few, you know, diehards who come to pretty much every handout that we do. But what was cool about that event was that we had recently met up with Planned Parenthood Advocacy, and they kind of put the event in their newsletter. And a lot of the people who showed up that day were volunteers who also volunteer with Planned Parenthood, things like that. And what was really cool is that was some of the, that was some of their first days. 
like you said, you mentioned that a lot of people, we all seemed like we knew each other. I think that when you have something like this, um, especially like in a volunteer capacity and everybody's hearts are in the same place and everybody's there for the same reason, you kind of just hit it off immediately and you feel like you've known these people because everybody's there to do a good thing together and everybody's just so open and warm and friendly and everybody's just there to have a good time and do and do a good deed for the day. So some of those people that I was meeting, you know, I was meeting them for the very first time that day. Some of them have come to every single event. It was mm-hmm. such a loving family yeah. atmosphere. Oh, it yeah. was cool. I, that's what we, I love, like that's one of my favorite things about those days was it was it your parents that were there that were leading yeah. the sandwich making yeah. that was so cool phil and kathy yeah. yeah they've been to almost every single oh my God. event since uh since we started how how has you starting feed philly impacted your family oh god it gives us an excuse to hang out more that's awesome <laughs> and uh it just kind of reinforced the idea that just how close-knit i guess we are as a family and my parents are maybe like almost too supportive they'll like support every little whim that i've ever had my entire life they show up they show up to everything and it's uh it's always very very cool what's the story behind feed philly the how story oh gosh okay so francine my co-founder and i both had very similar experiences about two years ago around New Year's. Um, I was spending New Year's here in Philly with uh, a girlfriend of mine from growing up. And uh, we decided to go downstairs to do, you know, the midnight countdown. And we were outside for maybe 10 seconds before we were like, no, 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 we have to go back inside. It is far too cold out here. We went back inside. And as we were walking back inside, I was like, you know what, we're so spoiled. And I just started thinking, like, some people don't have that option to say, like, oh, no, it's too cold out here. Let's go back inside. And then I just started, you know, thinking, like, well, you know, what can we what can we do about this? And then my uh, my co-founder, Francine, she was in Philadelphia also. And around the same time, you know, around the holiday season, and she was coming out of like her husband's holiday party or something. And they saw a gentleman sitting outside, no socks, no shoes. And it's, you know, it just broke her heart. She wanted to go and give him a bunch of money to go buy a pair of shoes. But you know, she didn't, she also didn't want to just hand over $50 yeah. to a person experiencing homelessness. So she decided that she wanted to do something as well. Um, and in the meantime, I had gotten together with my family and we had done a care package handout. We had assembled a bunch of care packages with hats, gloves, socks, scarves, some various food items, things like that. My dad even made a huge batch of uh, chicken soup that we put in thermoses and we handed out along with the care packages that first time. Uh, that was about 40 care packages. And then And when Francine found out uh, what I was doing uh, through her brother, who I went to college with, she reached out and she was just like, hey, do you uh, do you maybe want to partner? Yeah. (laughs) And I, you know, I wanted to keep doing it. And I was like, you know, it can't can't hurt to have somebody else helping out. And so So she and I kind of joined forces. And since then, we've done seven or eight. Uh, handouts and each time we do about 100 100 care packages yeah it's been pretty cool so you're you're almost at a thousand people served yeah almost yeah Yeah. very very close actually because we did an event also with uh, a great organization a great guy joshua santiago um he runs empowering cuts and it's basically just free haircuts for homeless so um we teamed up with him to do kind of like a street party like a block party one one day uh, a couple of summers ago where we kind of set up a bunch of tables and we're you know had like baked ziti and food we're serving people cafeteria style and then he and a few of his friends had their chairs set up to give away you know the haircuts cuts and they had music playing and 
they had a nail nail tech come out to clean people's nails and stuff too. And I think we probably served about 200 people that day. And then our last care package handout, we had a volunteer, a really generous volunteer named Samantha reach out and uh, she and her friends put together their own care packages. So the day we did our handout, they like come trucking in with 72 just pre-made care packages. So wow. we were able to hand out 172. Our, our last time so it's pretty incredible just how how this like resonates with people too yes. that they went out of their way to to do their own care packages and bring them with them yeah. and yeah. yeah and then come and help us help us out that day it was really cool and it's amazing that most from what i've discovered doing uh the volunteer work that we've been doing the past year is once you once you have that person take the leadership role like it sounds like you and Francine did mm -hmm. everyone starts to to come along and they all want to help and you're just like oh, okay like yeah. everyone wants to do this but it, it's really true like everyone yeah. is waiting for that person to to take that leap first mm -hmm. to kind of like just yeah take the reins and then just kind of like and the thing is people they're like asking me a million questions well what, what do you recommend we do here or there we've had people calling wanting to do calling us or emailing us through our website wanting to do the same thing saying like hey can we hop on a call you know we'd love to ask for um for your advice or you know pick your brain or whatever and i'm and i want to tell them like i'm not i'm no expert like yeah. we're just making this up as we go along yeah, yeah. like i you know there's no handbook for starting you know a charity it's just you kind of pick an idea and you just kind of run with it and yeah. do your best. And so, so what? I'm going to put you on the spot there. Sure. What would you write in that handbook since you did start a charity? Oh, my Francine? gosh. What would yeah. go in the handbook? I mean, some of the stuff just kind of like, like you said, the volunteers kind of just take care of themselves because once the word gets out, people are very, very generous and people are very kind at heart. So you're not going to run out of volunteers. I would say the biggest challenge we've had is in raising funds. You know, uh, around the holidays, it was very, you know, it was great. People don't were, were donating a lot. But then, you know, through like the spring and summer months, you know, the, the monetary donations kind of start to dry up a little bit. So I would say you know, get a good plan for either stretching those funds or for marketing yourselves and, and doing, you know, some major fundraising. And then my other, I guess, big piece of advice would be to get a really good accountant and and or a lawyer <laughs> who is going to help you fill out all of the 501c3 bullshit. <laughs> We were, because, just, we were just talking yeah. about oh it. Oh my God, it's rough. Yeah. I started doing it all myself. And what I realized very quickly with you need to, because you have to have bylaws written and mm -hmm. you have to have a board of directors and you have to have articles of formation or something like yeah, that. Like all of incorporation. Of incorporation, like yeah. all of it. And then you had to fill out all these different applications. And I was looking at all of this <laughs> and I'm like, there are so many ways to do this wrong yes. and only one way to do it right. I was like, and I don't know what that one way is. <laughs> yeah. So the chances of me getting this wrong are, you know, yeah. are huge. So we ended up just reaching out through my friend who's a lawyer, uh, reaching out to an accountant. And uh, they were kind enough to, to help us out with yeah. the entire process and that's really and cool. do it the right way, yeah. the one right way. Yeah, that's so funny. We, we were just yeah, talking, we were just about, talking about that. Mm -hmm. outside and Yikes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. but yeah. same yeah. same thing. I, I was just, bef the day before that, I was looking at, and I've looked at it multiple times, and mm -hmm. it's such like a point of procrastination at this point, I where know. I'm just like, it needs to get done, so it's not that weight Just gotta anymore. rip it off like a Band-Aid. Mm. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's 30 <laughs> pages long, and that's Ugh. just the forms, not including the bylaws and I articles know. of incorporation. And mm -hmm. I mean, unless Ty, unless you want to try to tackle it. Uh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, what we ended up doing for that, for the articles of incorporation, the bylaws, all that stuff was um, we actually ended up going on one of those like freelancer websites. Yeah. And I found a writer who was very practiced, had some experience in 
working in the nonprofit sector. Yeah. So he was he ended up being able to write the bylaws and the um oh, wow. and the articles of it. Like all of he wrote all of it for us right. and for a pretty pretty reasonable oh, cool. fee also. Right, well, yeah. Time I have to get that information yeah. from you. <laughs> so it sounds like you and Francine have known each other. Yeah, so I went to college actually with her older brother. I met her through him. He and I became really good friends. He and I, you know, started hanging out and I was actually his date to her wedding. So um, she and I just, you know, also hit it off over the years. And so when I started doing the handout, she was actually decided she was like doing a a social media detox for a month. Mm. (laughs) Um, She had deleted Facebook, deleted Instagram, all of it. And that was that so happened to be January when I did the very first handout. So when she reached out to her family saying, like, I want to do something to help, you know, I have so much time now that I'm not on social media that I I didn't notice I would have. I want to do something. You know, she's like, I want to do something for people who are experiencing homelessness. I just don't know what to do. Joey, her brother, ended up saying, like, you clearly haven't seen what Sarah's doing. Like, yeah. And she's like, no, why? What's, you know, what's going on? What is she doing? And he's like, just call her. And so she went, she, she grudgingly got back on Facebook and, yeah. and saw what I was doing and, you know, got really excited and gave, wow. gave me a call. And so, so what's it like to start an organization with your best friend or one of your friends? Is yeah, it, it's is it a good. positive? Is it a it's, negative? You know, it's, it's good. I think there's a little bit of a learning curve. We're both conscious of not wanting the friendship to be affected either. So I think we're both very careful to be as respectful as we can with our opinions and who's doing what. Neither of us has that much of an ego with any one big thing either, which is, I think, very good going into a partnership as well, where we're not married to any one idea or we're not going to like dig our heels in on anything, which is hard because this is it's it's our baby. So I know we both have very strong opinion, like opinions, but I think we're in alignment on so many things that that definitely makes it easier for the times when we're maybe not in alignment on something to maybe like bend a little bit or, you know, compromise. Do you know what a compromise is? <laughs> of course I know what a compromise yeah. is. It's a beautiful word. <laughs> when I teach, it's one of the first words that I try to teach the students, but I feel like it's so hard for people to... It is. It's difficult. Yeah. It's hard to let go. It's yeah. hard to let go of that ego, it's isn't it? It's so hard. It's people are like, yeah. no, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but listen, I want to do this, but I'm willing. Mm-hmm. And it's still like, no. No, it is. It's difficult. Yeah. And I think that's one of the, the cool things about this, too, is that's one of the the things that I'm, you know, you know what compromise is, but you don't necessarily always get the opportunity to put it into practice necessarily. And this is definitely a learning opportunity. It's definitely giving me the opportunity to learn so many things, compromise being one of them. Yeah. You both do all of this with a day job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I think I'm actually a little uh, a little better off than Francine even because I have my day job, uh, mm-hmm. but I also work from home. So, like, I can do, you know, I can multitask when I need to. Got Francine's- like the three computer screen. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mission control. Yeah. Francine, she's got her full time job, which is not at home. Plus, she's got two kids under the age of five. And then her husband has a full time job also. She's, you know, she's got her hands full yeah. uh, with all of it. We try to balance it out. Like, I'll take on a little bit more on this end, whereas she'll take on a little bit more on that end kind of thing. And so far, so far, it's been, you know, it's been good. We've been able to to find that balance and make it work. What have you noticed changing in the in the two years since you started So now? Is it getting better? Is it getting worse? Is it? It's pretty much stayed the same, but what's changed is my perspectives on, on the problem. And I've learned a lot about the issues surrounding homelessness in Philadelphia. And also I've learned about a lot of the different organizations and resources that are available to people experiencing homelessness or food scarcity or, or whatever it is. And there are so many great 
great resources in Philly. You've got Philly Unknown mm. with uh, Britt Brit. Car- yeah, Brit Carpenter. You've got, you know, Phil Abundance. You've got Broad Street Ministry. You've got Old Pine Community, who we're going to be working with uh, pretty soon to do some things. You know, on Sundays, they do a really great thing where starting at 7 a.m., people experiencing homelessness can come in, get some new clothes, some fresh clothes. They can get a shower. They get a hot breakfast. And then they get um, a lunch to take away with them at the end of the day uh, as well. And I mean, it's just, it's such a huge thing. And that's one of the things that we're looking to do in 2020 and going forward is looking at who we can partner with and who we can pool resources with just to expand our collective reach. Because at the end of the day, we're all on the same mission. There's no sense of competition. And if there is, then they're not the organization we want to be working with anyway. Yeah, I've heard Um, that a lot. So, but there's really, I haven't come across it at all. Um, Everybody's just, you know, ready to throw in and, and do what they need to do. And it's just gives you all the feels to walk into a meeting and know that everybody there is on the same mission and uh, looking That's to do good. the same thing. It's good to hear because I've heard that a lot. Like there's competition. We're both competing for grants. But then when I'm when we're volunteering for these places, mm-hmm. I don't see that anywhere. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's like a personal perspective that some people have. There is. Yeah. I mean, there is a finite amount of money out there yeah. that for lack of a better word, it is competing. You are competing yeah. for grants because you're all submitting their application to try to win this grant. And it's only going to go to one or two people or whoever. But then at the end of the day, who's to say that if we won a grant that we wouldn't share that resource with Philly Unknown or something or do a series of events with them to try to like help further their mission as well because Mm -hmm. the more the merrier as long as you're stretching that money as far as it can go and as long as it's having as much impact as it can that's all that matters at the end of the day Philly Unknown or Phil Abundance or somebody else can help us do it better then absolutely absolutely what's the what's the solution do you think continuing to have conversations like this and networking too and being open to working with other organizations and getting more organized I think is a lot of it too because there are so many different resources out there that don't even know about each other either. I started the whole handout thing two years ago or I not knowing that Philly Unknown was in existence and then come to find out about six months in I was like oh they're doing almost the exact same thing as us and like that's so cool we should get in touch with them if nothing else but then to just get some advice or and what what shouldn't we be doing and what should we be doing and what's okay to post online and what's not okay to post online because we wanted to toe that line as well with forming people without exploiting there's definitely social media accounts out there I'm not going to name names but there are some some social media accounts out there that are very that just exploit the the homeless population. To me, you don't want to take a picture of someone at one of the lowest points in their life without their permission. And they can't even, you know, they can't give permission a lot of times if they're in an active drug use or something like that, especially. So cool about the internet is that you can have that accountability now. Mm -hmm. You can have that networking space. You can see who's really doing the work, who's really, there's like a, Mm -hmm. it's like your online, I don't want to call it a portfolio, but you can say, oh, wow, look what Feed Philly's doing. Here's the proof. Mm -hmm. They're out there Saturdays or Mm -hmm. Sundays are out there in the community. They're helping people. They're teaming up with these people. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if I am Philly unknown and I do get, a large amount of money for for a grant. I can go, hey, I know she's doing good work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it shouldn't be that competitive right. way when we're all helping people. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was trying to think the other day, like how can you can how can you make it competitive to where you're helping other people? Like how do you make it a competition or a contest? Yeah. Like it doesn't 
like it just sounds dirty just doing yeah. it because it's about collaboration not mm-hmm. competition mm-hmm. and it should be that way all around yeah it should be like some sort of yeah like a fund or a pool where we can all pull right. our money or maybe and make like a non-profit organization union <laughs> and where you can just help people throughout the city right and that's the thing about getting organized too yeah. is knowing all the different resources out there what exactly they do how often they do it what resources do they have it's going to take somebody much smarter than me to to figure that out though you're starting the conversation yeah. right yeah. Mm-hmm. it's the collaboration yeah. we all need to come together and make that super mind once Definitely. we all start talking yeah that's i think the key is what you said you know collaborative not competitive yeah like i said getting that funding is key you know we're at the point now where we've actually had to stop accepting physical donations of like goods like hats gloves mm. scarves blankets mm-hmm. clothing all of that because we don't have an efficient enough distribution method for all of it and we don't have anywhere to store most of it. If we could get the funding to get a storage unit or something, but right now we're not in the financial position at this point because we want all of the limited resources that we have right now to go toward making the care packages and getting them out too. Are big corporations around Philadelphia doing their part in supporting grassroots organizations like yourself? Or is it that, I don't want to say that negative stereotype that, hey, we're just Mm -hmm. here for the profit and we don't really care. Yeah, like they're just bigger above everything else. Mm -hmm. I mean, I will say that when we first started out before we had our 501c3 status, we were reaching out to the likes of like Target and Wawa and things like that. Um, And the answer we were getting was, we'd love to help out, call us when you have your 501c3 status. Because at the end of the day, they can't just throw money at an organization that's not accredited, that doesn't have a tax ID number, all of that stuff. And not only that, like they want their tax write-off at the end of the year, right? (laughs) So it just takes a lot of work to know who to reach out to and when and what to ask for. And that's, again, there's a huge learning curve. Maybe I'll add that to the handbook yeah. once once I cross yeah. that bridge, once I figure that whole part <laughs> of it out. What's really cool, though, is a lot of small businesses are stepping up. One of our first supporters was Bus Stop Shoe Boutique on South 4th. They donated a bunch of tote bags to us, and then they also allowed us to set up shop outside on um, one of their first Friday or second Saturday or whatever it is, one of their events, and do kind of like a bake sale kind cool. of thing. And we were able to raise funds that way. And then Honey Grow in Fishtown for our first five or six handouts, I want to say, they uh, they donated their headquarters space. They're basically like cool. their multi-purpose room so that we could use that space. Because again, that's a huge thing too, is finding a location to be able to assemble all these care packages. They take up a lot of space when they're done. Classic Cake was the, they donated a bunch of baked goods to us to sell. If any storage businesses are listening right <laughs> yeah. now, like, give us some storage so we yeah, can. Because when yeah. we volunteer, if anybody we has even had stuff left, right? Yeah. We had hats and gloves mm-hmm. left yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, a whole bunch of hats and gloves. And then where do you do where do you put it? You know, it's just yeah. yeah. I mean, I've got you know mountains of stuff in my basement right now. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. The trunk gets pretty full. Mm -hmm. It's killing me on the gas mileage. Yeah, (laughs) you just gotta overinflate the back tire. Okay, I don't think that works. Is that how it works? (laughs) I don't think so. Where do you think education could be tied in to promote the growth of Feed Philly? Oh wow, I mean, I think what you guys are you guys are off to a great start just making this kind of thing part of education in general i don't think that charity or good deeds or this kind of thing is 
big enough in curriculum. I think it's something that should be taught from a really young age is to is just compassion in general, compassion, empathy through educating more people about this. You're opening doors and pathways to people. If they don't know the problem exists, clearly, like, you know, they're never going to think about it. We have so many new people coming into the city that if they come into the city and see that we are a city that is constantly giving love and helping mm-hmm. people, then they're going to really take that as part of the culture, not we throw snowballs at Santa Claus in that right. way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, through talking to a lot of these people who we encounter on, on our outreach days, there's no one reason a person becomes homeless. It's always a combination of different reasons, and no two people are the same. To think that there's going to be a one-size-fits-all solution to just throw at people is kind of short-sighted. I think that there just need to be more customized pathways for people. I know that the city is severely lacking in resources and funding for anything like that. So they tell us. (laughs) (laughs) When you go around now, what do you see What do you think and what do you wonder about our city as it's growing? I see a lot of people in need and I see a lot of people looking the other way. I can understand why people look the other way, though, because I don't think we as humans are built to ignore each other. I mean, we've all done it, right? We walk down the street and we see somebody, we don't have anything to give them. We kind of just try to like eyes forward, don't look down, don't make eye contact. But then you always get that little like pang right here in your chest, right? As you're walking by, it doesn't feel good. My theory is that we're not built to do that. We're not built to ignore each other like that. Our inner innate selves want to reach out and help that person. But it is, it's uncomfortable also to look down and not be able to help that person as much as you would like. I think that that can be really disheartening for a lot of people and it's difficult so on one hand it's understandable why people would want to look the other way it's easier it doesn't hurt as much to kind of ignore the issue because when you start to really pay attention then you feel like you're not doing enough so what do I wonder about the the city I wonder what's being done that I don't know about that maybe we might be able to tap into what's not being done that maybe we can kind of lead the charge on really shameless plug listen to we love philly podcast there's a lot of people doing (laughs) stuff Having conversations like this is a big help, a huge start, because who knows who's going to end up listening? Exactly. Who knows who it's going to end up resonating with? Hopefully somebody with really deep pockets yeah. and really good ideas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and a lot Put of resources. Just yeah. putting it out there yeah, into the universe. Us. Or somebody who's just got an empty space that they're not using that they may, you know, yeah. might want to let us use for an office space. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> no. Someone that's got, you know, a free, you know, 3301 uh, John. You know, 501C3. 501C3. Yeah. Anyone doing them yeah. for free, we'd agree. Yeah, for free, you know, yeah. Yeah. a free 99, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. We'll, we'll do it with you as long as Sweet. you teach us. <laughs> if you could go back in time and tell the teenage version of yourself three things, what would you tell you and why? Yeah, this is a tough one. Don't second guess yourself on your ideas. If you think it's a good idea and you know that it's coming from a place of kindness, then just run with it. Don't ask questions, just, you know, just do it. I guess I would also say cherish your friendships and your relationships. If you've got kindness around you, nurture those relationships. Nurture the relationships uh, with the people who make you want to be better and who support you and feed your soul and basically forget about everybody else. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I guess my, what I, the third thing I would tell myself is you're enough. You do enough. You are enough. You're enough. I wish I would have told myself that. <laughs> if only you were. Well, I can tell you now, you are. Yeah. There you <laughs> For <go>. sure. <laughs>
so how do we find out about Feed Philly? How do we donate? How do we help? How do social media, website? So many different ways. Yeah. You can go to our website. It's feedphilly.org. Again, that's P H. Yep. P H. Feedphilly. Thank you. P H E E D org. We've got a form you can fill out there. We've got a donate button on the website. Or you can follow us on Facebook, on Instagram. The more followers we get, the more shares we get, all of that, you know, social engagement, social currency, all that. It all helps. It all goes a really long way. Um, we've had so many volunteers reach out to us through Instagram or, you know, people wanting to donate things or wanting to connect us with somebody who knows somebody who can get us this or that. And it's all, you know, majority of it has been through Instagram. I mean, as you know, that's how we ended up connecting, right, yeah. on, on Instagram. Yeah. So Instagram, Feed Philly, and Facebook, Feed Philly. And then if anybody's feeling in the giving mood, if you just want to donate directly to our PayPal, it's contact at feedphilly.org. Beautiful. Do you want to ask the last question? Yeah. What is your definition of love? My definition of love. You guys have some deep questions. <laughs> no, I like it though. This is the hardest I've had to think in like a week. Yeah. The, the, the coolest thing about this question is every single person has a different answer. I thought it would get repetitive, but I'm like blown away. Yeah. Everyone's, everyone's My definition of love showing up unconditionally for others so that they know that they are valued. Every single answer is different. <laughs> I haven't heard a single same yeah. answer once. But, but each one, like like you were... Each one makes sense. Yeah. Each one, like, each one hits. And you, Yeah, exactly. And you were explaining earlier that little ping you get in your heart mm -hmm. if you yeah. ignore someone on the street. But mm -hmm. you also get that same ping mm -hmm. in a, like, an uplifting way when you hear yeah. love. Like yeah. and you see it and you, you mm -hmm. know it right away because... I think that is our natural way. That is mm -hmm. our natural state of being is to just constantly be in a giving mm -hmm. state of love. Yeah. And everything, I don't want to sound corny, but I feel like since I've started down this journey, everything is just clicking. Everything's mm -hmm. working out. You are putting out that signal and you are mm -hmm. meeting those people. And you're like, well, hopefully someone with big pockets will show up. Like that's, it really, it starts to happen once. Mm -hmm you start down that journey, you start to realize that maybe those people who do run those big organizations, they're just like, give way more love than mm -hmm. everyone else. They and just need an excuse, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. They just needed somebody to, yes. you know, a little, a little birdie in their ear yes. or something. Yep. Um, but like what you said, you know, once you're on that path, everything started, sort of just kind of starts to fall into place. And I think, I mean, that all comes down to doing things that are in alignment with your own personal values yes. too, right? Like, you know, kindness is probably a value of yours mm -hmm. and, you know, giving and love and charity and, you know, whatever your your personal values are. If you're doing something, if you're making your path in alignment with those values, then, you know, everything just kind of just starts to slot into place. Yeah. It's beautifully said. Yeah. We were talking about that on the way over here mm -hmm. about how to build confidence, and mm -hmm. you just explained it. Yeah. You live your purpose. You yeah. live your path. You keep doing mm -hmm. it every day, and then you're like, oh, I am that person. I am doing that. Yeah. We, I am enough. That's mm -hmm. mm -hmm. a, a very important reminder. I have to. I still, at the age of 34, I'll be 35 next month, I still have to remind myself I am enough. If it wasn't an everyday thing, then mm -hmm. you wouldn't want to get better every day. Right. What's that um, thing you are talking about, Mr. Ponte, a while back? It was like some some guy philosophers first, you do something, right? Mm. And then something else comes along that's like connected to that thing. Oh, uh, we were talking about synchronicity. Yeah, we're synchronicity. It feels like that because like I got a new wallpaper the other day. It's uh, it's about uh, not being good enough. So like it, it reminds me. Uh, oh, and now yeah. we're here mm -hmm. yeah. talking about how you are enough. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's meant to be. <laughs> it's trippy, right? 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sarah's saying it perfectly. Once you are aligned and you're living through your purpose, everything starts to fall into place. Mm -hmm. And you just realize, well, I'm starting to realize, I'm just speaking for myself, that it is, I don't want to say a game, but it's a game of patience and mm -hmm. already knowing that you already have it. Mm -hmm. yeah. I showed you that uh, the five-minute journal and those self-affirmations that you say to yourself every day. Mm -hmm. And when you start to believe that you are actually this abundance that you're looking for and you already are that, everything starts to come yeah it really to come to the you. journal as long as really you're backing helps, it up yeah. with the action and mm -hmm. we are we're here trying to get more people to love philly and take action and do more things to make our city a better place so yeah mm -hmm. the resources and the things will come as long as we're patient and we believe mm -hmm. and back it up with action yeah mm -hmm. yep and if you know you're ever not sure or you know when in doubt if all else fails just lead with kindness Yes. You can't you yeah. can't go wrong if you're just leading yeah. with kindness. How is what I'm doing in service to someone else? Oh yeah. Just every time before I before you do something. How is what I'm about to do in service to someone else? That someone could be you as long as it's not hurting somebody else, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. As long as it's not in, t in disservice. But what are you about to do? If you lead with that, you're going to feel good all the time. And then you're going to have all the energy and then you can help more people and then you meet amazing people. <laughs> like I didn't know her 2 3 months ago, I had no idea. And now here we all are holiday season took her time out away from her family <laughs> days off and same with you you're an amazing human being you're here with me on your christmas break from school like if you would have told the high school version of me that i was going to do school related things over holiday break i would have laughed in my teacher's face but you're already there at your age constantly in a state of giving it's beautiful i'm gonna cry <laughs> but yeah woosah. yeah woosah. we good is that uh. it